Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Political scientist Shannon Samper joins us at 118 here on CJOB. Shannon, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. Haven't talked in a while. Missed you a bunch. Yes, yes. How have you been managing through this pandemic? Oh, you know, I'm in my dungeon of the office. Every so often someone throws down a leg bone and I, I come up for air and everything is fine. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I'm glad you're fine, and, and we're fine, too. I've been doing the show here from home for over two months now, and uh, we're listen, we're managing, right? We've been lucky yeah. here in, in the province of Manitoba. Yeah, it's good. It's uh, Things are starting to open up slowly, but surely we're, we're doing very well, actually, COVID-19. Um, we're the best province, actually, in terms of, of recovery, so uh, nothing to complain about that way. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about a new Angus Reid survey. They come out with these every once in a while, rate the premiers. You know, basically it's the approval rating of the various leaders and the premiers. And uh, Brian Pallister, despite all the good news or or the much better news compared to other provinces on the COVID-19 front, his approval rating, according to Angus Reid, is the lowest of all the provincial leaders. Make sense of this for me. Well, actually, um, his approval rating went up compared to the last right. time they did this. It's actually gone up by four percentage points. So that's actually really interesting. Our yeah. premier is not exactly what you would call a warm and fuzzy premier. His approval rating has always been really actually rather low. So uh, his last time uh, they did this, it was in February. It was at 43%. Now it's at 47%. And it's never actually been any higher than 50%. Um, and so it's just how it is. He's just uh, that kind of a leader. Uh, people have sort of seen him as a sort of slow and steady guy. And in terms of COVID-19, um, we, we haven't seen him have to really react to much of a crisis. And so he hasn't had to be any type of kind of large leader in terms of a crisis. And I don't think that um, he's been particularly a strong leader either, frankly. I mean, he hasn't been a, a Doug Ford who has just gone up through the roof in terms of numbers. He went from a 31% approval rating to a 69%, only because I think uh, people have been really surprised about his leadership uh, during COVID-19. Um, uh, uh, Premier uh, Pallister has just been sort of slow and steady, uh, mm-hmm. 40, uh, 47%, 43%, uh, just kind of like, you know, on par as, as, as usual, leader as usual. And help me out with these approval ratings. Do you see this as, I like the job you're doing, or I like you, Mr. Pallister? Um, you know, I think it's just basically, I like the job you're doing, and uh, a combination of both. Uh, the uh, a, a similar kind of uh, uh, polling was done uh, by two polling companies here in Manitoba. Main Street Research, as well as Probe, did a poll um, about uh, two years into um, the mandate for Manitoba for the Premier, for the PCs. And uh, the, the PCs had only 44% when they were asked by voters, would you vote for the PCs? And they had 44%. And uh, the Conservatives, uh, pardon me, the NDP had only 30% in terms of who would you vote for again. And, you know, anybody uh, who is a political party who has 44% uh, in the middle of a, of a, of a uh, you know, of a term 
that's pretty good rating. You're you're pretty happy with that. So you know, frankly, um, you don't get too worried about these numbers until they go down to like about 31 percent, and then you start to worry about them, especially when you have an election quite a bit of ways. Yeah, I was just going to say you don't worry very much when you're only a year into a, a four-year mandate, right? Yeah, exactly. And 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 Pallister, uh I think that right now it's people are sort of saying, well, we're coming out of this. We'll see what the economy is going to do. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, like as I say, he's not a particularly charismatic, uh, dynamic type of leader. Uh, he's a slow and steady, get things done, and and uh, and. Uh, at, you know, it sort of steer the boat the way that he needs to steer it. So we'll see what happens with the next budget, and we'll see what happens with, as the economy starts to go back to um, what the new normal is going to be here in Manitoba. You mentioned Doug Ford. Talk about some of the other political leaders, whether it's a <laughs> premier or even our prime minister. During this pandemic, we, we have seen some very strong leadership, haven't we? We absolutely have. I mean, I think the one that makes most people sort of go, this is quite remarkable, is Doug Ford. Uh, And just the way he has handled uh, what has gone on in Ontario and the uh, personal care homes, the fact that he has been so clear in uh, taking responsibility, stepping up, and and, and I think people are just so surprised by it because – he didn't have a lot of credibility going in and uh, he now seems like a very credible leader and that's quite remarkable. The other thing too is the polling numbers that are showing up right now for uh, Trudeau overall uh, in in terms of uh, with a minority government. He looks like he has a very strong uh, handle on uh, the polling numbers compared to the Conservatives. And again, it's because the Conservatives are lame ducks. They don't have a leader in waiting, it seems like. And uh, they seem to be sort of flapping around right now with uh, with no kind of leadership contest that seems to be going on. And, and that's been difficult for them as well. Any pick on who might be the new Tory leader? Uh, Peter McKay seems to be like the kind of the legitimate leader at this point in time, but uh, in the forefront anyway. But this is, it's been really tough. And I got to say, for the progressive conservatives, COVID-19 has seriously interrupted the leadership contest. And I, Mm -hmm. uh, for anyone who's been trying to do, you know, trying to run as a leader, I really do feel bad for them. It's difficult. And uh, it, it has been difficult, certainly for anyone to get any momentum to go. Mm-hmm. I've said uh, many times on my show over the past two or three months that I think Canadian politicians, for the most part, have done a pretty good job dealing with COVID-19. Certainly when you compare their performance to President Trump in the U.S. Do you want to talk at all about uh, what we're, we're seeing from him? There have been so many, at the very least, mixed messages along the way. But, boy, it's, uh, it, it's just a, a whole different ball game. Well, I think it's really interesting when a, a social media outlet actually has to put a fact check <laughs> underneath yeah. your tweets because uh, the information is so uh, is so erroneous. And uh, you know, I just I, I just find that to be such a, a just so remarkable, but also so frightening because um, 
you know, more now more than ever, we need good journalism. And, you know, shows like uh, uh, like yours, Hal, CJOB, and other uh, media outlets, it's really important that we have good information. And uh, it really scares me when um, politicians lie, and it really scares me when misinformation is given out, and, and politicians in particular give information about uh, bad science and um, uh, thank heavens that hasn't happened to a great degree here in in, in Canada but um, uh, Mr. Trump really is uh, uh, quite a uh, quite a different experience than any president we've ever seen it's just yeah. quite remarkable no kidding yeah opinion is fine we love opinions right makes us think but we got to make sure we're factual hey Shannon thanks a lot I appreciate you making my show better today appreciate it you have a good one in hell. Also getting lots of great reaction about the best burgers because it's hamburger day. Let me read a couple before we talk to our next guest here from St. James Burger. Hal, if you're willing to splurge, Big Smoke Burger in the outlet mall has a great tasting classic cheeseburger. Not cheap, but boy are they good. Otherwise, Wendy's is my go-to for burgers. That one's from Catherine. Hal, the airliner in Bozicher makes a good burger. Farmer Dan here. Don't forget, Hal, green tractors do it better. Thank you, Dan. A lot of people are saying VJ's. Uh, this listener here says uh, VJ's, Hal, is the best. The VJ double special, nothing better. Stella's has wonderful, healthier burgers, Hal. I know that for a fact. My wife has had one or two of those. Um, and I'll just throw one in here for my mom, Ada. She may be, may be listening today in Alberta. I'm not sure. Um, but my mom loves, and I'm sure she's missing them, she loves the burgers at Earl's for some reason. Uh, I've had Earl's burgers. They're fine. But for my mom, that would be her pick if she was able to weigh in today. I know that. My mom, Ada. And one more here, Hal. Junior's on McPhillips. Regular burger, extra chili and onions. Nothing finer. Quite simply, the best. So keep your thoughts coming on burgers and the songs that make you happy. 204-780-6868 and Hal at CJOB.com. Ravi Rambaran is the owner of St. James Burger, and he joins us on the phone now. Ravi, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Thanks for having me. Now, yeah, thanks for doing this. Now, I, I will be honest with you. I have not had one of your burgers. I'm somewhat ashamed to say that because I have heard from many people that you have fantastic burgers. Do you have a signature burger? Uh, probably our most popular is our 17-wing burger. That's the uh, that, that's our that's our big guy that's got everything on it, including the including the uh, the, the runny sunny side egg on top. Wow, and that of course is uh, you're paying tribute the, to Seventeen Wing, very very near you. So that would be yeah, your signature exactly. burger. What makes a good burger, in your opinion, Ravi? You know what? Uh, nothing beats just the the, the the morning made fresh patty every day. Um, we don't we we make our food fresh every day. Um, a, bi- a big thing for us is is not putting that stuff in the fridge overnight, uh, not not freezing it, keeping everything really fresh, really moist, really juicy. Um, the buns are, 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 are a huge overlooked item when it comes to a burger. That bun's got to have a little bit of sweetness. It's just got to be perfectly soft. We, use, um, we actually uh, order our buns right from Guns Bakery here in Winnipeg, and, yep. um, and uh, they, they do a fantastic job for us. Hmm. 
And, uh, you know, I think it's also, it's funny that you say about fresh and not frozen because we're starting to see some of the fast food joints promote that now, right? Before they used to have frozen burgers, many of them now are saying, hey, we're fresh too. Uh, and that's, so that's interesting that you would say that because we're even seeing that with some of the real big names in fast food. Oh, that's right. I think I think people are getting to a point now where they where they're ready to pay good money for good takeout. Um, and it's interesting. In the last five years, we've really noticed a change here. And uh, and and people, you know, especially the younger generation, they're they're, they're spending for really good quality food. And it, I'm so happy that we're in a time where we can do that because personally, I love to do that too. So yeah, it's it's it, the the times are changing for for uh, for quick food service and and. Um, and quality's quality's got to be high. It just has to be. Interesting. So, talk a little bit about that. So, people they're willing to pay, but it better be damn good. Yeah, you bet. Um, and that was kind of always the dream of opening St. James Burgers. Is Winnipeg needed, a, I think, a couple more places that that just went high quality. We we weren't the run of the mill. We weren't the we weren't the cheap five dollar burger places. Um, and there's a lot of those, and 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 good for them. They do great. We just wanted to kind of target a, a little bit of a different market and see if it worked and and thankfully it did uh, and we're having a lot of fun with it excellent how long have you been around what's the story what's the history uh well, we've been open for about three years now um it's uh it's been it's been going really well um our, we just wanted to put out a, a burger that people crave that, that that they actually talk to their friends about not one that you eat, and then and that was lunch, and then I forgot about the, you forgot about it the next day. And in, in order to do that, we needed to use really good ingredients. We needed to uh, we needed to make sure that uh, we handed over something that people were excited to get. Yeah, and um, tell me about uh, your business uh, during this pandemic. How has it changed? Are you seeing more of a demand? You know, we talk a lot about comfort food, and we seem to be turning to things that bring us comfort. Uh, during the pandemic, I imagine a good burger is one of those things. Yeah, you, uh, the pandemic, you know, it's been challenging. It has. It's uh, it's, it's something that we, um, you know, we're, we're the, the traffic stayed steady, which is really nice for us. But it's challenging to work with the population, work with the people. Um, we're a very, very, very small shop, so we can only fit so many employees in there. And to keep uh, to keep up with the the amount of phone orders. Uh, was tough at times, but we managed to make through it. It's, it's things to seem seem to steady out now, uh, which is nice. Um, and we've kind of gotten the hang of uh, working the phone a lot more rather than the walk of customers. So uh, it, it was quite a change for us um, because primarily we were, we were walking customers uh, before this. Um, that being said, you know, no complaints. Um, changes change is always good. You got to make the best of it, and, and that's what we're trying to do. And so on on Monday, phase two begins in the province of Manitoba, phase two of the reopening. Will you be allowing and and welcoming people back into your shop? You know, we're takeout only. Um, So so people are allowed to come in to order uh, currently. Um, uh, But but a lot of people won't, and that's okay. You know, I uh, totally understand that. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, but I think I think I think the right thing to do is to take the slow. uh, we, we will allow people into order, uh, absolutely. Um, we got to survive, too, and, and I, I think uh, as long as we're, we're taking all the proper precautions with sanitizing, keeping our distance, I think we'll be okay. Hey, Ravi, thanks for telling me about St. James Burger. I promise in the next couple of weeks I'm going to either pop in and grab a burger or I'm going to order one because I, I have heard great things about your burgers and really glad that you're uh, having a successful run. 
Yeah, thank you very much for having us. Uh, super, super big appreciate this. Um, thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Ravi. Ravi Rambaran is the owner of St. James Burger on this Hamburger Day. Getting all kinds of hamburger suggestions now. Another one for VJs. How Dairy Whip. Now, Dairy Whip is one of my uh, go-to places when I want a good homemade uh, burger. Shane says, How Dairy Whip Chili Burger in a Bowl with Milk. What? My dad got me hooked on it probably 25 years ago. I've got my boys hooked on it now, and uh, they're in their early 20s. Yum, yum. Hmm, with milk. Wow. Uh, Len says, Sonia's Burgers Hal in Lockport are tasty. Uh, The Burger Shack in Manitou makes a great double bacon cheeseburger Hal. That one's from uh, Tom. Rod from Portage says, Nixon Headingley. Close to the number, uh, oh, sorry, number one, Nixon Headingley. Close number two, Jimmy's Fat Boy in Portage. Burger, I mentioned Burger Shack in Manitou. Sorry, they're popping in as fast. Every time a new one comes in, it moves it up, and then I'm reading the second one, the same one over again. Uh, Hal, I have my first burger and fries. Oh, have my very first burger and fries from St. James Burger on Monday. OMG, it was delicious. Um, all right, that's, oh, North Star. I got to mention North Star because that's one of them, that's another place that I like to check out. North Star up on, uh, uh, McGregor. That's a, a good spot as well. Hal, Chicken Chef burgers are very good too. Hmm. Super Boys. <laughs> Boy, you're mentioning all these places. I got so much history at some of these places. When I used to hang out with the guys up in the North End, Super Boys on Maine. I mean, that was, uh, again, one of the spots that we uh, would love to go to. Yeah. And Salty's out in Winnipeg Beach. I heard them talking about that on the start this morning. And, uh, yeah, good burgers out there as well. As we begin our Thursday half hour here every Thursday between 2.30 and 3 with Carolyn Klassen from Conexus Counseling, conexuscounseling.ca. Carolyn, hello, how are you? Hello, how I'm good, and yourself? Excellent. Fantastic, in fact, today. Yes, I I struggled the last couple of days. I'm not sure why, Uh, but I am feeling much better today. Thank you very much uh, for asking. I was talking to the head of the Teacher Society here in Manitoba a bit earlier, and I asked him a question uh, about nervousness amongst his members, teachers. Are they nervous about getting back at it and meeting face-to-face with students as we get ready for phase two of the reopening of Manitoba on Monday here in Manitoba, there is some nervousness out there. Some people are nervous about going back to work. Uh, others are just nervous even about getting back out there, whether it's a store or maybe a, a doctor's appointment or you know, whatever it is. That face-to-face after two or three months of don't do this, you can't do this, and now we're sort of starting to ease the restrictions there's some nervousness out there. Can How do we deal with that? Well, I think, first of all, we, we have to put it out there and accept it and name it for what it is, because once you name it, then you can figure out what you want to do with it. And I think it's pretty natural. It would be weird for us not to be nervous after months of, pe- of us hearing, don't go out, don't have contact with people, stay away, stay home. That's what's right now. That's what's going to get us through this. And then all of a sudden there is a change. 
Um, now, the scientists know that there's a reason for it, but there's something about our bodies where when we have trained our bodies to say, even though I want to go out, I won't, I'm going to listen, I'm going to stay in, then all of a sudden somebody says, now it's okay, it feels weird, and, and our bodies kind of want to hold back and kind of wonder about whether it's okay because we've sort of trained ourselves to do what is safe, and staying home is what is safe. And right now we're in this really, this dichotomy of the fact that we're in a pandemic for which there is no vaccine and no effective known treatment. But we're also in a province where they're doing hundreds of tests a day and, you know, very few, if any, positive results. And so there's this where it feels very safe and very dangerous all at the same time. And we're having to figure out how to Mm -hmm. live in this dichotomy and to balance the tension that we feel when we know that our numbers are low, but we also know that the risk isn't not there. And I think it's a challenge that we all have to figure out how to name. And not only do we feel that nervousness inside, but I think it comes out in relationships as we're trying to figure out how to navigate, how to be with others when we have the guidelines that are stated, and then we have our own comfort level slash nervousness level, and then the other person that we're trying to relate to has their own comfort slash nervousness level. And I think that can create conflict um, between couples, between parents and children, between employees and bosses, like that there's going to be tension all around. And I think we have to figure out how we're going to have really painful, awkward conversations for which there is no clear right answer, but there is sort of taking the science and then taking each other's feelings and comfort level into account and figuring out how to move forward in the best way possible. Well, and when I emailed you uh, this morning and said, hey, can we talk about this? One of the ideas I had, you said, actually, I've written about it at ConnexusCounseling.ca. So go into that a bit and maybe speak about the couple relationship, the husband and wife, because, you know, often they say couples fight over things like money. But I know even Jackie and I here, uh, we aren't necessarily on the same page with everything uh, when it comes to this pandemic and, and, and COVID-19. So how do a husband and wife or a boss and an employee deal with that? Well, if there was a magic bullet, I would tell you, because um, I would love to have it myself. Um, I think the challenge is, is to recognize that although there's guidelines and there's another set of guidelines coming out for June 1st, and those guidelines seem to give us clarity, there's also, even within their ambiguity, where... Um, You know, I've heard several conversations with people saying, I can have a meeting in my backyard with a couple of friends and we can enjoy each other and that's within the guidelines. But what happens if one of them has to go to the bathroom, right? Like, do I let them in my house and then do I, how how do I handle that and how much do I have to wipe down in between in case somebody else might have to go? And like, it's just, there's sort of all these little gray areas within the clarity with which, you know, the officials are seeking to give us. And I think as we're trying to use our judgment, there's some people that are naturally risk aversive where they, those are the types that they're never going to bungee jump or parachute. And they're certainly not going to expose themselves to COVID because they're just within their nature to be more risk aversive. And then there's others that are more accepting and they like riding a bicycle without a helmet because they like feeling the wind in their hair and they don't see the need to wear a helmet. And so those people are now naturally more willing to accept risk and to play the odds and to sort of hope nothing will happen. And so I think what we have to do is recognize that there's going to be this tension and how do we take care of not only what the science says and what's the right thing to do, but if my partner feels really strongly about something, how can I take care for them in 
in who they are and what their feeling is and how can we be compassionate towards each other as we are with many other differences that a couple would face, you know, pretty regularly if you're both human and have different opinions and we all are. Mm-hmm. You asked me how I'm doing today, and I, I am doing better than the past couple of days, and I've said this many times. Listen, I'm a happy guy. I'm, you know, blessed. Don't get me wrong. I'm, uh, I guess I am kind of complaining, but I, I did have a challenging couple of days. Today I'm much better. But uh, part of what I did yesterday was I went to bed early. I got some sleep, and I think that helps. And I was noticing a study uh, that's out that says more than 60% of us, like that's a big number, more than 60% of us, rarely feel rested or energized in the morning. And I'm wondering how much of that is mental um, and how much of it is physical and, and what do we do about it, Carolyn? Well, I think what we have to recognize is that as the COVID-19 continues to be a factor in our lives, even as we're having new stages of coping, uh, and in phases of opening up, there actually are more dilemmas and challenges and things to negotiate and navigate and figure out and have conversations to have with our partners and our spouses and our employers and our employees and so forth. And so there's a whole extra level of energy that goes into just about every action of every day, right? When you go into a grocery store, you don't just go pick up a couple groceries. You have to sort of face the reality of people wiping things down and people avoiding you and stepping away from you and expecting you to step away from them. And uh, last week I was in the grocery store and there was somebody that just barked on me at me in a rather nasty way because they felt I wasn't you know, having the precautions up to the level that they were. And my first response was to bark back at them uh, because they weren't wearing a mask and I was, which is not helpful, but it's sort of the reality of it. You don't just go pick up a carton of milk. Like there's everything takes mm-hmm. a little bit more energy and is a little bit more yep. exhausting. Uh, you know that your job, um, you're probably working twice as hard to get the same quality product out because there's all these extra hoops that are involved in not being in the same building as your producer and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think we have to recognize that life takes more energy, and when life takes more energy, it would stand to reason that we need more rest. Uh, and yet a lot of us are finding that we're having to work harder to get the same amount of work done, and so there's less time for rest. And so we have to figure out how to be compassionate with ourselves, maybe readjust our expectations. Um, I know that when I get a good night's rest, I am more resilient and I'm better able to face, you know, a look from one of my family members and sort of be able to be good humored (laughs) about it and see past their dark look to maybe the discouragement that's underneath that I can have compassion for the underlying feeling rather than be, you know, huffy about the initial blustery look or something like that. So I think Mm -hmm. that idea of having good rest is a big deal. And sometimes we feel like we've got so much to do, we haven't got time to get rest. I think sometimes we have so much to do, we have no option but to get a good night's rest so that we are in a better position to be able to start hacking away at the list the next day. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.